Mic check. Mic check one two. Good evening, my friends. Episode. Where are we at? Twelve. Episode twelve. On Monday the eighth. Just gone midnight. Half past midnight. Got a good brew on the go. I fancy the tea every now and then. I decided to get real fucking English up in here. Yeah, I've gone with a builder's brew of tea. I'm a coffee drinker mainly. Drink coffee all throughout the day. In fact, it's the, it's the first thing I do in the day. I'll make a, before I go to bed, I'll make a cold brew. So there's nothing remotely technical about this. When people say cold brew, I think they probably are referring to a more complex method than what I do. I make a regular coffee before bed and then wang it in the fridge and then move numero uno in the morning is to crawl to my fridge, get that coffee down and then attack the day or something like that. But right now I've gone with the builder's brew tea. And because I'm within my non-fasting period, my eating period of the day, I've put a little sugar on there. Fuck it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a man who lives on the edge. It's very rock and roll up in here. I'm like, uh, I'm like Ozzy Osbourne with that bat. This is really good. I'm going through it too quickly. So I don't. All the coffee I have is just black, or I do the old bulletproof coffee that I think I've mentioned on here before coconut oil for the medium chain triglycerides and then whole fat butter bind the fat to the caffeine slow the release of the caffeine down apparently also you get to say the phrase what's that mate oh this yeah 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 it's bulletproof coffee mate yeah 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 look it up do you know Rogan nah don't worry about it Makes you feel like you're in some kind of club. Well, the CrossFitters do it, don't they? And I'm, I'm a bit concerned about falling in with the CrossFit crowd. Is it still a thing? Is CrossFit still happening? For a while, it felt like CrossFit went nuts. I was into, when CrossFit was coming out, I was into a real sort of like hardcore bodybuilding. Uh, and me and my bodybuilder pals, we just thought, CrossFit was the dampest thing you could possibly do. Um, I used to see all the memes about it with uh, morons stood on the gym balls doing overhead squats and stuff. And those weird fucking pull-ups. What are those pull-up things they do? They like flop, flop around like a fish out of water hanging on a bar. Come on. That can't be good for anyone. Although, I've seen some of these CrossFit people. I've seen that CrossFit Games the uh it's like the, the i think they market they market it as the olympics of uh of, of the crossfit world and the folks on there are fucking jacked so 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 wham even the uh the but the um the autonomous women on that show are ridiculous um i'm i'm fairly sure that in that CrossFit world, there's a whole lot of anabolic chicken going on. 
is that they are in seriously good nick. But I never, yeah, I never did the CrossFit thing. But I'm aware that bulletproof coffee goes kind of hand in hand with the with the CrossFitter. I don't, yeah, I don't really see them around anymore. That the gyms are called black boxes, aren't they? They're like a if you have a CrossFit gym, does it have to be called a black box if you want to franchise it? I've honestly never been in to a CrossFit gym before. I'd have to say some some of the stuff like the whole the concept of of Metcon of of metabolic conditioning is is something I use. I do use the the that Metcon method, um, and I don't do any bodybuilding or powerlifting style workouts anymore. I do straight cardio, steady state cardio, or Metcon or like fight specific stuff. But so I'm I'm sure a lot of the principles of of CrossFit I, I use myself. I've just never gone to a class and jumped around in a circle, and it always had a like a cult feel to it. Uh, I keep talking about it like this in the past tense. Probably lots of people still out there who do it, but it, it just feels like something that's died a death. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just not plugged into that world. Don't know anyone who does it. I think that's the thing, because lots of people in the sort of coppering response copper space, they are people that maintain their physical fitness and there's you know lots of people do different things that people box some people do the just gym some people do triathlon uh, some people are into mma you know some people are straight jiu-jitsu whatever i don't really come across anyone who goes yeah i'm crossfitting don't come across it anymore and i used to bump into those people or they come into the bodybuilding gyms i one thing i do miss though Jesus, just not my mic stand, and when I say mic stand, what I actually mean is an old water bottle that Mrs. UK Got Podcast doesn't use anymore, stood up on my dining room table, um, what was I saying, oh yeah, what I do miss about that bodybuilding world is a um, is the gyms, oh, I used to go to some serious gyms back in my hometown, uh, my first bodybuilding gym was fucking immense. So I um, remember saying to my dad, "Oh, well, I want to. I'm probably fifteen, I think, at this point, and I've been like dabbling for a while. Um, I was really into Rocky um, and uh, like the Karate Kid and stuff. So I used to do training of sorts, and my dad used to." work out with weights at home in our garage so he'd show me a few things I can st- you know what funnily enough I can still remember the workout that he first taught me when I was I think I was 12 or 13 when he taught me this workout so it was um, he had a bench like the York the York sets you get from like Argos he had a bench with some weights that were plastic filled with sand I've still got them actually I've used them during covid um so yeah a bench uh, with a barbell and a punch bag um some dumbbells which i remember used to uh used to adjust them with an allen key and it was all that was like voodoo to me as a 12 year old didn't know how to use a fucking allen key and my dad 
used yeah used to do this workout that I used to do with him. So it was like a shoulder press, a bench press, um, press ups. There was a chin up bar. Um, then hit the punch bag. I, th- I think there was something I can't quite remember. There was something else there. Then there was like a circuit, and you do that twice. And uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I got into training in such a haphazard manner. That's the thing. I I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, I would do things like uh, I'd come down in the morning at 10 to 6 or whatever. I'd drag myself out of bed, um, put a tracksuit on because that's what Rocky wears. I'd drink two raw eggs. I'd fuck off around the block for a run. I'd be so bollocks when I get back that I'd fall asleep in bed and wake back up at 10.30 and think I was some sort of heavyweight champ in the making. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, but I I did develop a real affinity with that physical training. And I kind of graduated from the garage gym to a... Uh, to a local sort of fitness-based gym that you could be a member of. I think you could be a member from 14 and upwards. I must have been about 15 when I came to my dad and said, oh, um, there's, oh, you know, I'd like to go to like a bodybuilding gym. Are there any? Because my dad was was local to the to the town I, I, I grew up in. Um, my mum wasn't. My mum moved there. And um, he said, oh, yeah, there is one so up by the rugby club. Um, I remember going along there and I'd played rugby at this rugby club for years. And I never paid much attention to this steel box at the side of it. It was like the like a real black box. I think this was like the thing that the CrossFit gyms were kind of going for. Uh, but it was a bit more authentic it was just this corrugated iron box uh like two stories and uh no windows no signage um and i was going in the door and you had to hook an immediate right as you went in it was this little alleyway and the first thing i remember and i can still hear it now was this like generic bass that was always on in there um and i think I remember walking down this little alleyway thing and um, there's a bloke there uh, he was the owner of the gym his name was Rich um, and uh, obviously I don't know him at the time and I'm up until that point I'd never seen a dude this big in real life he was a fucking unit um, and I'd read before I'd before I went to this gym, I'd read cover to cover, and I do mean cover to cover, this is a big fucking book, um, Arnold's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding. I read that from start to finish, every single page. It's, it's, it's got to be over a thousand, maybe a thousand and a half page book. It is a beast, like a big fucking yellow pages style book. Um, and I'd read that, so I'd seen bodybuilders, and I was besotted with this idea um, of, of building the body, of developing the, the physique. Um, and this was the first body.
bodybuilder I'd seen with my own two eyes. And uh, he sat behind this desk, uh, but it's like high, like a, um, uh, how do I describe it? It's like a, um, funnily enough, it's actually a bit like a sergeant's bridge in custody. You know, it's, it's, it's elevated, not like a, not like a, uh, bit like, bit like a bank level desk. Not, not like when you, um, go in for, you know, like a, I'm trying to think of another profession where the employees sit at a desk to try and illustrate this point. You get what I mean. It's an elevated, it's an elevated desk. And, um, he's, he's in one arm, he's just got this plastic bowl, like a mixing bowl. Um, and with the other hand, he's just scooping chicken out in like these sort of big chunks and eating this chicken. And I, I was staring at this bloke saying, so, yeah. hello, yes, I've come to try out the gym, please. He said, yeah, two two quid. And um, I, was, I, I can't remember what I had, but I had a note. I said, have I got five or a tenner or whatever? And uh, he said, oh, it's in there, mate. And it was like a, to the left of him, was the inner part of a till, you know, where it's got all the, bits for different notes and coins I used to go in like you know go in and take your own change and um, it struck me as odd like what why would he not just get the change for me because I could I could I could take the more change than I needed or just take money I mean what, what's the crack with that um, and then it, I realized that after going here for you know, a few days, weeks, that he wasn't always, he was the only, it was just his place, he had no staff, so if he's training or eating or in the shower or whatever, people can just come in, pay their two quid and come in for a workout. As I remember it, there was no membership. There was no membership. And in fact, I found out years later that when this gym first started, it was just him and a group of his mates and they all used to have keys. So there was no nobody even manning this place. It just sort of became a gym uh, from this group of people and he'd obviously fronted the cash to 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 rent this corrugated iron shed so I put the two quid in and go into the main into the gym and there was only one guy in there it was in the middle of the day there was one guy in there and he was in a squat rack doing um, I think it must have been like racked deadlifts uh, and I don't know how many fucking plates this guy had on there but I'd never even seen steel plates before in like the fitness gym that I've been in before they were the um, more sort of child friendly coloured plates you know blue 20, a yellow 15, a green 10 a, a red 5, whatever um, but this was just black iron plates you know from a distance you can't even tell how many he's got on there and I remember him <laughs> remember him ripping this thing up <laughs> and I didn't know what to do so I did what all sensible 15 year old nervous boys do in this situation and I ran for the stairs didn't really run but sort of scuttled across the gym and went upstairs and thankfully there was no one there uh, in the upstairs, and I remember putting my bag down and 
thinking this is fucking great. I love this. Um, I was looking around the uh, the walls, and it was you couldn't see the walls. It was just posters and magazine covers, um, and uh, shit people had written up on the wall. I remember seeing the Yeah Buddy, which I uh, I don't think I knew at that point, but obviously that's Ronnie Coleman. Uh, amazing. Um, it was a great place. Uh, and that was it, I was sold. Um, I was there for years after that. Um, in the end, the the gym went under because he... Uh, I don't really know what happened, but basically one day the police came in and um, turns out uh, the, the, the owner was, or allegedly was storing heroin there for some big drug dealer or something. I don't, I don't, to be frank with you, I don't really know the whole story, but basically... He went down for a bit of bird, and uh, the gym went under. Was brought up by somebody else, and I went back there. But it was it was never quite the same. They um they tried to sort of modernise it a bit and make it some weird hybrid of spit and sawdust and and and, and like modern modern gyms, and it, it never really worked. Um, but that that place was fantastic. Uh, it was a real hardcore. Uh, hardcore gym, great fun, really good. Don't even know how we got there, did we? I think I got talking about bulletproof coffee, then went to CrossFit, and then and then to there. There we go. There are no, there are no rules here. There are no, I don't, I don't, I don't respect the architectural boundaries that belong to universities. This is all, this is all free flowing, my friends. Um, so the prodigal son. Returned today. I went. I went back to work on light duties and and reduced hours. So it's a bit of a sorry state. Sat in the corner, and uh, I've never. I've never gone. I've never had time off for an injury before. It's all a little bit weird um, because I. I essentially want to be a non-event at work. I don't. I want to be that grey man. Uh, the. I don't want to be. Um, I like coming into the office, uh, or pre-briefing, and people barely looking up when you walk in, and that's how everyone is acknowledged. There's no. It's funny when I see, when I see friends from outside the job. Um, not that we see anyone right now, but pre-corona, when you see, when I see mates from outside of the job, and there's kind of the event of seeing them, it's like hello, mate, you're right, and you shake hands and stuff. And um, I find that a little bit odd uh, because my mates now uh, on my team that I see every day, it's a non-event when I see them at work. Uh, I walk in, I go. Wag one, they go, yeah, wag one. They barely look up. Um, and we just crack on with with the next day. There's no need to catch up or debrief or say what you did yesterday because everyone fucking knows what you did yesterday. You're all there. You 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 know exactly who got the piss taken out of them yesterday the most. You know exactly who got a fucking rat in their fried chicken. You 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 know all the. You know. Everything that's going on, 
and today wasn't like that. I walked in and people, because they're concerned, which is great, uh, people are addressing me as I'm coming in and people are stopping me and as I'm walking down the corridor there's sergeants from other teams saying, oh, you're all right, mate. You know, how's, how's it going? How are you feeling? And um, that's awesome. Uh, and I really, I, I love the, I love the concern. But I, I really like being the grey man. Um, the only, the only time I think I actively enjoy uh, having someone address me directly or having somebody um, react at a decibel higher than that which they normally would is when they're doing it as a consequence of some good work I've done. So if I've, you know, got some villain in cuffs or I've done a bit of good work on some AMPR or, um, you know, I've put in a bit of good intel or whatever, that, that I don't mind being, you know, hat-tipped for. But this I just feel... I don't... I suppose what it is, is I don't, I vehemently reject victimhood, I, I never see myself as a victim, uh, that concept is alien to me, um, I, was, I was raised to despise being a victim, um, I never claim it, never ever claim it. You know, it's funny actually today, something came up and I thought, oh, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. And it ties in, and, it, and it originally it wasn't related to what I wanted to do here, which is basically just catch up and shoot the shit. But it actually it does relate. So what this was is um, one of the lads on the team is going out to a domestic and uh, he's reading the, 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 the call log on his... Um, it's, it's a phone, but it's like your, you know, your mobile terminal. Um, and he sat in the office scrolling through it, and he goes, oh, fuck me, have a look at this. It's the first line on this CAD. Informant states, and it was something like, um, bear in mind, this is the first line. This is the first line. Informant states she's highly vulnerable and has an invisible disability. That's the first line of the CAD. Sorry, I was just sitting in the background there. Uh, ignore me, as you were. It's, that's that's the first line. That's what this person has opened up with on their conversation. That is what they presented to the call taker in the first instance. So let me preface everything I'm about to say with this announcement of my victimhood. And that is... That is the antithesis of me and my upbringing. Uh, I am diametrically opposed to that state of being. I'm highly vulnerable and have an invisible disability. As though that has some bearing on what I'm about to convey to you. And let's be clear. She's calling the police. In theory, she's calling to report a crime or something she thinks may be a crime or some suspicious activity that might lead to a crime. Uh, 
Now, with regards to your vulnerabilities and disabilities, the law is blind. Justice does not see those things. It will, of course, identify when you've been victimised because of those things, if those elements are a motivating motivational factor for the offender, that is factored in. But surely, surely to God, you want to tell us what the fuck is going on first, rather than announcing your own victimhood like that. And and really, my point is, is not about this person in particular. It's it's about a state of culture that we have arrived at, where. We will, we will announce victimhood as though we were announcing virtue. It is not a virtuous quality to be vulnerable. It is not. It is not axiomatically virtuous to be a victim. It is not. And that's why I feel this uncomfortable feeling when people acknowledge me in this way. I feel much more comfortable when I walk in and I have the piss ripped out of me for something I did at a job the other day. That's that's where I feel comfortable. That's where I feel comfortable. When I walk in, they go, mate, I heard what you said over the air the other day when you thought you were on a back-to-back. That is fucking hilarious. I much prefer that. I feel much more comfortable in that environment because you know when 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 we're doing that to each other which for those of you who work on responsible know it is a constant process of taking the piss it essentially the, the piss taking is like a is like a pinball in one of those pinball machines it's just fucking zinging around the room constantly all day every day from the moment you walk into the moment you leave you can't you can barely have a serious conversation which is the way i fucking like it because the subtext of that environment the subtext of those comments is i know you're strong enough to take it i know that you are robust enough to deal with this shit talking that i'm about to do that's why i enjoy it that's why i don't like being Pandered to, not that, not that they're pandering. That sounds bad. I'm not. I'm not trying to mug off my colleagues who are legitimately concerned about me, as I would be. I would be the same as them. I would be the same as them. But the point I'm trying to make is, I'm trying. I, I, I cannot wait to return to a state of normalcy. And and when you're on light duties, and I've only done a fucking day of it so far, but everything, everything is is reinforcing this dynamic so when there's a job coming out over the air and everyone's getting their shit together and going out there was a um, four-year-old missing person earlier i can't go i can't go even though there's no i heard out of four-year-olds gonna attack me should i find them but i can't do it because i'm light duties i haven't got my kit with me i'm sat in basically civilian clothes just in my you know my shirt and trousers and boots i've got nothing with me i've got so everyone's flying out of the office for this, even the office cats, and I'm sat there. 
and I want to be there. It's the, it's the right thing to do to be there. I I want to be in that environment. Um, I don't I don't want to sit at home because as as I spoke about on previous episodes, uh, tonight I'm glad to be home. I'm really thankful to to be here, to be sat down with a big flagon of tea, to have put Mrs UK podcast to bed, tucked her in, read her a story, gone in, said hello to the boys, tapped the dog on the head, and now to be sat here with you. Because of that juxtaposition between the two, it's the right thing to do for me to be back at work. And also, I don't want to want to be one of those fucking flakes who who milks the teat of this injury for everything it's fucking worth. I don't want to be that. I want to be in the office. I want to be running checks for cops when they're out doing stuff. I want to be saying, yeah, I'll, mate, I'll make that phone call for you. I want to, I want to be doing that stuff. I want to be with my team. But there's a... There's a there's a constant reinforcement that I can't do my job right now. Um, I can't dress that up. Uh, I can't say it any other way. Um, the and the only the only way to process this, the only way to deal with it, is to is to be very careful about the way I think about it. Um, you know, whenever I find myself thinking, um, oh, I have to stay in the office. Uh, I play that game where I switch the have to with get to. So I flip that sentence from I have to stay in the office to I get to stay in the office. And what that means is I can annihilate all the shit on my workload that I usually never have time to do. It means I can be a support facility to my uh, to my team, uh, so that they don't have to deal with the bullshit that they normally have to come back into the office and deal with after they've gone out and done their um, their actual job on the ground. Two secs. I'll be right back. Oh, that audio quality is so bad. I'm so sorry. I've adjusted the mic's position now. I've really got to sort this fucking audio quality out. I'm going to have to buy a mic or something. You must be able to buy a cheap mic that plugs into the phone. This is, cause this is just the Apple headphones that you get with the phone. And I can never get the distance right from my mouth. And you can hear me breathing. It's just fucking nasty. I really do apologise for that. Where was I anyway? I think that's about it, you know. I don't think there was anything else I really wanted to say. It was just a update, bring you up to speed. Some thoughts and feelings on on coming back in. Um, that's essentially where I'm at right now. I'm rehabbing like a fucking terrorist. So my days are full of yoga, hot baths, calisthenics. Um, I'm doing some press-ups now, which I wasn't able to do to begin with. So I'm going to bang a shit ton of them out. There's no weights, no kettlebells, no running. Running is going to be um running's going to be a struggle. Um that's going to that's going to be a slow burn back up to running. But there we go. What what can I do? Um I can only do what I can do where I am with what I have. And I will keep doing that. I hope you liked the 
shorter format. Um, this this has been my favourite style of podcast for a while now. I like the single take, the uh, covering one topic only, um, bringing down the. I don't I don't like that segmented idea that I did before, and I've spoken about that at length. But we're not going to be doing that again. Where I do do a segmented podcast, it will be of one particular subject. Um, in an ideal world, I'm just going to jump on here, record, and I'll chuck it out to you. Uh, that's the way I I, I enjoy doing this. Uh, I, I look forward to it most when I can sit down in my kitchen, fire up my shit-ass microphone, and have a chat with you guys. All the good stuff, my friends. Like, share, subscribe. Look after each other. Be good. Uh, go and get the fuck after it for me because I can't at the moment. I'm sat driving a shit house desk. Um, clean your boots. Look after each other, and I will see you next time for another episode of UK Cop Podcast. Be good, my friends. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.